On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to sit down with the founder of LunchboxPacks.com, Tom. Such a good conversation all around building community, building real physical communities, uh, the way that they have been able to scale substantially 5x this year with little to no paid advertising, guys. And this is a D2C brand. You guys are really going to want to listen to this one. Some really good nuggets in here. If you are a mid seven figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, How about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news, our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world, but we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post-iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow. Now... On to today's episode. Someone on my team thought I either had superpowers or woke up at 5 a.m. to crunch client numbers. Turns out, I just used Triple Whale. Yeah, that's what one of their customers said, and he may be onto something. No one has to know the secret weapon to your success is Triple Whale's powerful analytics platform, built to accurately pinpoint your ad spend across networks, making you look like the smartest person in the room. Their robust app helps you clarify your campaign's performance so you can run smarter, faster, more effective ad spends in real time and reap the rewards. Are you a genius? Only one way to find out. Guys, want to take Triple Whale for a spin? Stop by triplewhale.com upgrowth and use promo code upgrowth for 15% off. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today I am joined by someone uh, who I have actually chatted with in the past. I've got to see a bit of his growth and his company's growth. Really looking forward to this conversation today, guys. Uh, a lot of things that you know we've chatted about before the podcast interview uh, you know, is actually going live right now that are really piquing my interest and I'm super excited for you guys to get in on this conversation. So without further ado... Guys, I have Tom Wooster on the podcast from lunchboxpacks.com. Tom, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. This is going to be a great interview. Uh, the beginning part of this, you know, has, it's been a little bit rocky so far. But we're going to get into some amazing stuff today, guys. Awesome. Jordan, thank you so much for having me. Huge fan of the pod and everything that you're working on and looking forward to getting in to a couple of fun, uh, fun marketing tactics, notably community today. Yes, yes, awesome. I am a huge community guy. I love hearing what you're doing with community. So before we, we get really dive into the, the subject itself, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so, uh, so my name is Tom Wooster. I, uh, I'm lucky enough to be uh, the founder of Lunchbox Packs, which we've been working on for the last five years. And Lunchbox is a brand built around live event music affinity. So think festivals, concerts, you know, the, those hot Miami crowds, your Coachella masses, uh, that's where we like to really come alive and play. And, you know, the brand really came about largely because we realized that the live event experience that you pay for, the excitement of the ticket, the buildup, 
oftentimes wasn't matching the experience that was happening within event walls. Most notably, people were getting a $1,000 iPhone stolen. Security was stopping mm. back, getting in because there's rules. The different venues are all very different. And the ability to use waterline infrastructure within the event was, was incredibly cumbersome. People were using their dad's old hydration pack or a water bottle they had found on the ground to stay hydrated throughout the day. And we just thought there had to be a better way. And so, you know, broadly speaking, all Lunchbox products get into the venues you want to get into. They keep your, your phone, your wallet, your belongings safe. And where applicable, we help you stay easily hydrated and use the actual infrastructure that the event provides for the attendee to have the best experience possible. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting that I actually have found this need uh, recently myself. Um, uh, noticing how, uh, especially like, you know, I, I love the water bottle craze that, you know, that has been the last 10 years or so, right? It's like everywhere you go, you're carrying your water bottle, water bottle around. Um, in, in practical life, yeah, there, there you go. You've got it right there. In practical life, when you're out, like, you know, I'm in the West Coast, uh, you know, near Vancouver, out on the trails literally all the time, you know, when I can with my kids or, or just on my own with my bike. And, and this is always seems to be an issue, right? Is, is that hydration piece and being able to, to store everything, you know, within, uh, within whatever your pockets or whatever. So I absolutely love that you are solving this problem. Now, Tom, you guys have grown by spending what, two to $3 million a year in paid ads, something like that. Uh, no, the exact opposite actually. So I think for us, um, our, our model has been largely focused on how do we accelerate growth without having a big harness need of paid? Um, and, and a lot of why that's even been possible to date is, you know, it's a, we have a thesis where, you know, previously in live event culture, you get a lot of fast fashion, right? I mean, not pointing fingers, but like your Sheens, your Zara's, you know, your you know, $15 pack that you're going to buy to bring in at the mall. And so we try to kind of invert how that function by bringing in classic outdoor materials, uh, and building these, you know, better or at least equal to something that you might find in an REI. So you're holding on to these goods. And so when you combine a, you know, a quality product, right, which people are, are going to pay yeah. a premium for, and you solve fan needs. So in, in this case, like prevention of theft, easy hydration, uh, easy access to the venue with the community of people who sits underneath the affinity group of live events, notably the people who are the top 20% of ticket buyers, the people who are buying VIP, the people who are going to three, four, five events a year, you actually create this virtuous cycle of people want the best products that solve real problems. And they're going to tell their friends that they go to these activities with about these problems who experienced a high quality product who solve their problems that then yeah. tell their friends about that. So it creates this very much like virtuous referral cycle, all powered by building something that's a quality product meant to last that solves real functional problems. Yeah, 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 absolutely love it. And it's in the place where they need that problem solved as well. So uh, talk to me how you're building these communities or like, like from the like practical tactical kind of standpoint, what does this actually look like? Like, how are you getting this product into people's hands to start? Right. Because I think that's the, that's the big thing, like with an incredible word of mouth product, like, you know, with, with uh, some of the brands that we own, we really do aim for that 50% word of mouth. Um, that's where we know we've got an incredible product that is going to, to self-perpetuate it, itself. Right. Um, and, and, and I know you guys are kind of in that sort of same sort of range. How do you actually seed the product to start if you're not using a channel like paid ads? 
This month's sponsor is Triple Whale. Triple Whale's powerful analytics platform clarifies your ad performance across marketing channels, keeping you instantly in the know. Go to triplewhale.com slash upgrowth and use promo code upgrowth for 15% off today. Now, back to today's episode. Right. Uh, I'm going to take you back to 2019, back in the the early days of the business where, you know, at the end of 2018, we ended up running a Kickstarter for, you know, our first purchase order as, as many uh, young unempri- enterprising product companies will, uh, aka we didn't have the money for it at the time. And uh, and so we uh, we launched it on, on Kickstarter in December of 2018. And the reason we picked December 2018 was that if you had walked back five months of production, shipping, uh, completing the campaign, it got you to around May 1st of 2019. And one of the largest music festivals in the United States is EDC Las Vegas, boasting nearly half a million people over the course of three days, which is insane, right? And so for us, we said, okay, you know, the best thing that we could ever do is to get our product into the field at one of the largest festivals in the world and then figure out where we go from there. It was always the, how do we get in person with our customers and use this event as a reason to buy. So leading up to that Kickstarter, we would sponsor various pool parties around different festivals. We'd go door to door at a flyer and talk about this thing that we wanted. We were building called Lunchbox. Uh, we were trying to get in front of people, right? We were building up an email list and saying, hey, you know, are you tired of having a, have, worrying about your phone at an event? Have you ever had a bad experience with a hydration pack at an event? And we would basically live in community forums leading up to that point, Facebook groups, Reddits, for people who are talking about their festival experiences. So before the Kickstarter, we were participating where the problems arose, where you see a thread of like, hey, did anybody have their phone stolen at Coachella this year? Or, hey, did anybody like know what the bag restrictions are? So anything that was in that world, we would bring up the product. So that leads up to the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter gets fully funded in 24 hours. We land wow. over a thousand. 20, this- 24 hours, Tom. Is that some kind of uh, some some kind of Kickstarter record? No, no, no. The, the, the Kickstarter is all about building momentum and holding it for, for 30 days. So unfortunately, not quite a record, but uh, so we were certainly excited. Um, and so anyway, you know, four or five months later, we land, um, you know, a couple thousand units in the United States and at this festival, again, because people were buying for this reason, we had been marketing that for that. We had over 500 instances of our product in the crowd. And in this case, it's our anti-theft hydration pack, which is our bestseller. Um, what's notable about this is that you have these cosmetic skins on the outside, um, a very specific tombstone profile to the bag. So you can really see it from afar. And little yes. lights you can bring to give it a little cosmetic glare, but also means it's really easy to spot at night. Cool. So going cool. in, you know, we hadn't built any built built any in person community because we hadn't had the opportunity to yet. And so going to EDC, we said, okay, like how can we chase down as many people as possible? Bring cameras, make them feel like a celebrity, make them feel like like they they are probably are part of something. And so over the course of three days, I found over two hundred people who had our product, and I tapped them on the shoulder and I said, hey, um, that's a lunchbox, right? And they'd say, yes. And I'd say, well, you know, when you have a lunchbox, you're part of the lunchbox fam. Whenever you see somebody else who has a lunchbox, and you can see it from this skin that you're wearing, cosmetic panel, or these lights, you go walk up to them and you say, hey, what's going on? Like, what's up, lunchbox fam? All right, what's up, lunchbox fam, was, was the saying that we seated. So we chased around 200 plus people. We told everybody that whenever they saw, you know, saw another person with a lunchbox, they'd say, what's up, lunchbox fam, or what up, fam, whatever you prefer. And what happened is by the end of this festival, the 200 people I found were starting to initiate contact with the other people who were wearing lunchboxes, where, you know, if you got Sally on the left side of a group of 15 people, and you've got Amanda on the far right side, and Sally sees that Amanda's got a lunchbox, and she goes, what's up, lunchbox fam? 
in a group of 15 people, there's 13 people who are now going, what's Lunchbox? And so th- yeah. and that was always it, right? The, there's a, a good analogy here is the Jeep wave. Jeep owners who, who come towards each other on the road will give each other a little, a little wave of the hand. And, you know, after the fact, we realized that it ended up being our version of the Jeep wave for festivals. But the main thing was that we were trying to create a mechanism for our consumers and the Lunchbox fam to self-identify with people who are already in the affinity group, because by spending $100 on a back, 100 bucks on a backpack for festivals, you are A, indicating that you're going to use this multiple times. B, you're more likely in the super fan category than not. And C, you're interested in, in, in spending on experiences that you care about. So those three things created some very deep emotional ties. And so all throughout 2019, us planting the flag at EDC Las Vegas in 2019 led to the What's Up Lunchbox fam spreading around festivals all over the country. So by the end of 2019, we have thousands of people doing this automatically, right? It's a free channel, but most importantly, it's bringing great people together. And so now at this point, we're starting to move more units. We're starting to build more of a critical mass, although I want to be clear that I don't think we'd gotten there yet. And we get through 2019, 2020 kicks off, the pandemic begins, and all of a sudden, everyone who was looking for that community in person was cut off from their mm. one of their top hobbies, one yeah. of their top ways to breathe, one of their top ways to enjoy and take a step back. And yeah. so one of, the, uh, one of the members of our team uh, suggested that we put together a, a digital group to start to like give a place for that community to live. So we started out with a Facebook group, right? Super easy. Everybody's already on the platform, et cetera, et cetera. And that group grew explosively through 2020, where we are coming up with moderated topics. We're helping people figure out how to participate. We welcome everybody in by saying, hey, tell us where you're from, your first festival, what type of music you like, what you're looking to get out of the Lunchbox fam. And we basically built a year of media programming at a time where there weren't any events. We threw online music festivals where we raised money for the Frontline Fund and we ran for 36 hours straight. We would put together happy hours just so people could come together. We would do, you know, watch-a-thons where we would watch other different events that were being digitized as a group. But we spent the year building a tremendous amount of digital community and giving our digital community a place to live, just like we had built some rituals within our physical community to identify. Now, moving into 2021, where we did see a resurgence of events, now you have a place for people to return to after having these really exciting in-person moments where they're sharing photos of Lunchbox fam that they meet in the crowd, sharing photos of their bags, talking about how their experiences were impacted, and always bringing that back to the digital fence area of our online community. And so there, right, we then started to treat all of our social channels as like media channels that were stoking the fires of that community which were activated in person, preserved in Facebook groups, and then activated again digitally through whatever channel you consume. And what that led to is a very active group where people were coming back and referring people in, talking about their great experiences, powering organic referral, and most importantly, creating a space that these people wanted to be because it was authentic, it was real, never forced, and always for the community member first. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, Tom, I really love how well you thought through this whole community plan. So so getting into 2021, you know, we talked about you guys had some pretty explosive growth throughout this time. Uh, what does that look like now? You know, we're, we're at the end of 2022. You know, you're not dependent on paid ads, right? That's not, you know, part of the, the strategy as of right now. What does 2022 look like for you, you know, comparatively to most businesses, you know, in, in 2022 have been either flat or down. What does that look like for you guys? 
So we did the opposite of what every e-com brand did in COVID. We we had a pretty awful COVID, right? Yeah. Because there's the, 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 no events. We still we still moved units, but it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't going to power the business. Uh, but when we came back. Um, we had a massive pent up demand within live events and live event ancillary products that were released aggressively, where in the span of a few months, we were selling the equivalent of a year's worth of inventory. In 2021, it meant that we were we had supply problems, not demand problems. 2022 gotcha. was making sure that we had the right facilities in Asia. Uh, we had multiple points of production, the right material stockpile. So if a country shut down, that we had a way out. And so 2022, yeah. backed up by a great operations team led by our COO, Brandon Gray, uh, and a great marketing team led by our, our CMO, Carolyn Bachero, um, we were able to be really smart about actually meeting the demand that was coming our way. And yeah. so as a result, um, we're up, uh, I think that just in terms of revenue, without disclosing specific numbers, um, over 5x year over year, just because wow. again, we were in stock, strong community strong media plan for all these different channels where we're going we, to, we, we run, we run, talk and speak like a media company internally when it comes to meeting our socials. Um, but we kind of saw explosive growth in the business for no other reason than we built a good product. People liked it, but wanted to share it. And there was massive pent up demand in the space. And yeah. so those all kind of came together to create our anti-COVID year. So I, I like to think that 2020, where we were building infrastructure, building site, making sure that we had a world-class e-commerce experience, like all those bets on infrastructure two years later paid off in addition to having a good product and a good community. So it was very much the result of planting a lot of seeds in a down year that we, we, that we took the opportunity to build things out right. Love it. Love it. Tom, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Mm, I guess there's two. Um, the first is hire great people. Um, when you uh, when you bring on great people and you empower them and you trust them, there's no need to manage. Great people are are able to be self driven. They're smart. They get it. And they understand the big picture. So figuring out how you can decouple the units of labor of your time from overall progress in the organization, um, you actually unlock tremendous scale. And it's, again, finding great people is challenging and it's worth uh, the hunt and, and worth the look for it, but it is very much its own reward. That's number one. The second is never take your foot off the gas of quality, whether it's a quality experience delivered to your customer, a quality website experience delivered to a new user, um, a quality experience for a community member or a quality product. We keep that thread of quality running through everything we do. So we are easy to refer. It is easy to be an advocate for us. It is easy to see how hard our team works. It is easy to see how impactful our community is for people. Yeah. And so that thread of quality is something where like, I would rather lose money than give up on our focus relentlessly on quality. So to recap, leadership and making sure that the right people are on board, that you trust and empower to be successful and then get the hell out of the way. And then not losing that emphasis on quality, which powers community and powers referral because if you didn't do those things, you'd be giving up on the promises that got you there in the first place. Absolutely. Love, love that, Tom. Thank you so much. I got three more questions for you. I hope that you are ready, Tom. Ooh, Jordan, for you, I'm always ready. <laughs> Great. Uh, first question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Oh, that's easy. Uh, Northbeam.io on the attribution side. Um, one of the biggest challenges ever since the iOS 14.5 privacy update has been figuring out where the hell conversions are coming from and where yeah. the hell, like the, uh, how are we tracking effectiveness of anything we do do online? 
And NorthBeam.io gives us a very wide picture of exactly how efficient all the various marketing channels and traffic channels are, and most importantly, how they correlate with one another. Um, it's been a big part of how we've been able to amplify our social media investments, um, influencer investments, content investments, because we, we know that we're, those, those investments are paying back with confidence. So I'd say North Beam on the D2C attribution side. Awesome. Awesome. Love that, Tom. A second question for your favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now. Mm, very different questions. Um, favorite audiobook is probably Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Good one to, to go back and listen to various chapters. Uh, favorite podcast is probably um, Subject Matter by Ben Bradbury. Um, he does a really good job of teasing out the nuances and stories of previously held conceptions and then turns them around into applicable lessons to your day-to-day life. Cool. Guys, remember all of these things that we talk about during this show, we do put in the show notes. So please make sure to check out the show notes uh, for any of these references. I actually go back after our team <laughs> puts these things in the show notes uh, and and I click on all these links and because our, our podcast guests really do have uh, incredible information that they are bringing uh, to us. And I, I've read almost every book <laughs> that people recommend because they are that good. So a uh, last question for you, Tom, if you could sit down with anybody, you get an hour with them. Uh, you can have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, whatever you like. They have to be alive. Can't be Elon Musk. Who would it be? <laughs> good, uh, good qualifiers. Um, <laughs> I would probably, um, hmm, I'd probably pick Keith Rabois from, uh, from open store, uh, founders fund, uh, he's just a tremendous operator. Um, he has a very productized mind. He's very thoughtful about the differences between $100 million businesses and $1 billion businesses. He very much is somebody who is a champion of process and thoughtful discourse. He was part of the original PayPal mafia. So I think getting a chance to actually think and look through those experiences would have, would be incredibly, uh, incredibly helpful. Now, Jordan, I actually have a question for you. Mm, please, please. If um, If you knew that you had only one year left on earth, what would you change about your life? Uh, Greg, that's such a good question because I literally talked about this two nights ago with my wife after watching uh, Nine Perfect Strangers on Prime. And they go through this near-death experience where, where um, uh, the character uh, that, that's, that's leading this retreat center actually puts them into a near-death experience um, that's, that's faked, but they think that it's real. Uh, where like they, you know, they think that the, the building's on fire and, um, and that they're going to die. And it's incredible all the things that come out there. I really live my life like I'm going to die in a year <laughs> because <laughs> there's, there's not a ton more that I would do. Uh, I spend incredible amounts of time with my family. Uh, I'm building incredibly cool funds and businesses. Um, what else would I do? I don't know. Maybe take every Friday off. Uh, <laughs> go, go mountain biking more often. <laughs> uh, Tom, thanks for asking me that question. That's a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I would do. Just continue to, to make connections with awesome people for the next year and, and I think that this is the, I was actually on a podcast recently talking about this, how, how once you get out of the money mindset of like, oh, this, this, we're just doing this for money. Then you start to realize you're like, oh, there's so many cool things that we can actually do in our life that yes, sure. They're going to be profitable in the end, but it's for the sake of like making awesome products and awesome connections with people. Um, so then that's why I love what, what you're doing, Tom. Like that's the, that's the awesome thing, right? You're making something that actually makes people's lives way better. I remember when I was in festival going mode, when I was in my early twenties or, or late teens and, um, and, and there was all these issues all the time and you've solved one of those big issues with, 
hydration. Like imagine if your product had been at uh, Woodstock 99, right? Is that what it was? Woodstock 99? Right? Where like, yeah, where like people were like literally dying because of all of the issues that had gone on at that festival, right? And and you giving them the ability to to take back that experience, um, just being hydrated, right? <laughs> that's that's massive. So all of these things, the, these are all the things that I absolutely love and love making people's lives better and feel actually connected. Because other, otherwise, what what else are we doing here? You know, no. <laughs> to build up a pile of cash and then die. Yeah, what the yeah. Fuck? like what does it matter? There, there's more to life than that, right? Like the, there, there are several truths about the human experience, and I won't be able to capture them in a soundbite. But one of them is the power of connection and the the infinite depths of the relationships that we build with our family, with our friends, with the people we share our life's moments with. And hopefully, one of the things that um, that we stay true to over the years, and that we will stay true to over the years, is making sure that we protect those experiences for people because the depth that you find on the other side is tremendous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tom, thank you. This was so great to have you on the podcast. Where can people connect with you and then also uh, connect with Lunchbox? Yeah. So we're at Lunchbox Packs on all channels. Um, And if you want to kind of keep up with me, um, I am at TZWOR on Twitter, where I'll occasionally drop a few takes on community building, brand building, and, and product design. Um, but yeah, at Lunchbox Packs on all channel. And we'd, we'd love to meet a new member of the Lunchbox fam. Cool. Well, thank you again, Tom. I feel like people are going to get a lot out of this and get their wheels turning on uh, different ways to build community than what I've talked about here. I really love the practical, physical aspect of building this community. uh, And this was great. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Jordan. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.